0: This podcast contains frank descriptions of human remains and physical and sexual violence. Listener discretion is advised. When we turn on the news and hear about a kidnapping or a disappearance, there's often a deserted place involved, a place we might expect someone to go missing, not a place teeming with people and activity. Brittany Drexel was 17 years old when she disappeared while on spring break in Myrtle Beach back in April of 2009.
1: There was literally thousands of people out there, so there was always some sort of hope that somebody saw something.
0: And they conducted a massive search throughout the Grand Strand, but found nothing. Nothing, except some cell phone pings and images of her on security cameras as she left the Blue Water Resort and Hotel. And that's
1: the last time for the longest time that anybody saw Brittany.
0: For 13 years, there were no answers for those who loved her, for those who didn't know if she was dead or still alive somewhere, suffering, and no real answers for those who had worked on her case for years.
1: One of the worst things in the world for a prosecutor is having puzzle pieces and not being able to put it all together. So it all hinged on finding the body.
0: In this episode, the search for Brittany Drexel that led investigators to a gruesome discovery, a killer, and finally to an understanding of what actually happened to her.
1: Hindsight being 2020, Brittany was dead within 24 hours. Britney was dead within probably four or five hours, but that's hindsight.
0: From WREL Studios, this is What Remains Stories of connecting unidentified human remains to the missing and the murdered. I'm Amanda Lamb. Jimmy Richardson is an elected solicitor in South Carolina. It's what most states call a district attorney. His position covers Georgetown County and Horry County, home of the popular resort destination Myrtle Beach on South Carolina's coastline, called the Grand Strand. Jimmy is quick to point out that Myrtle Beach was recently named the fastest-growing city in the U.S.
1: You add in on top of that tremendous growth... 20 million visitors a year to the Grand Strand and that in turn puts out a ton of warrants and a ton of work for law enforcement agencies. Some of it's stolen trailers, some of it's somebody stole a copper wire off of an air conditioner, some of it's
2: murder.
0: Myrtle Beach is a busy place now and it was a busy place in 2009 when Jimmy was a deputy solicitor and Brittany Drexel came to Myrtle Beach for spring break. Brittany's mom, Dawn Drexel, thought Brittany was staying with friends near their home in Rochester, New York. When Brittany had asked her mom if she could go on the trip down south, Dawn had said no. According to an exclusive interview with ABC News, Dawn says she told Brittany, quote, there's no parental supervision and something's going to happen. Jimmy Richardson says teenagers coming to Myrtle Beach without parental permission isn't all that unusual. And that when Brittany went missing, she wasn't doing anything unusual either.
1: Brittany had walked, and this happens all the time at spring break, kids will walk from one motel to the other, little room parties. She left her friends from New York and walked down to meet some new friends Uh, that was just a few blocks away from the hotel that she was staying at. She was in communication with her friends the entire time. There came an argument. I think Brittany had worn one of her friends' shirt. And that girl said, hey, that's the only thing I've got ironed to use tonight. So I'm going to need you to come back and bring me my shirt.
0: Brittany did head back to her hotel. But when she didn't show up, her friends got concerned. Brittany also wasn't responding to her boyfriend back home in New York.
2: Drexel was last seen outside the Blue Water Resort on Ocean Boulevard. After her boyfriend's last text went unanswered, he contacted her mom, Dawn, who then called police.
0: NBC affiliate WMBF in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, covered this case from the beginning. You'll hear a lot of their work throughout this episode. So the police were notified I wanted to know from Jimmy Richardson, how seriously is a case of a missing teen during spring break taken?
1: It's easy in hindsight to say the police should have done this, police should have done that. But this literally happens dozens of times a week. It's easy for the cops to get into an idea that, hey, let's give it a little bit of time. Let's see what comes of this. Because 99.9% of the time, they show up and they'd stop for an ice cream.
0: But it became clear pretty quickly that Brittany didn't stop for ice cream. She was missing, and there wasn't a lot to go on. These days, there's cameras on almost every corner to provide a trail for investigators to follow, video evidence to lead them to the potential suspects and the victim. In 2009, there weren't as many cameras, but, As Brittany walked, she was picked up by video surveillance, leaving the Blue Water Resort for a brief moment. Then, she was gone.
1: That was a really good shot that captured her leaving.
0: It was a clear picture of Brittany wearing those clothes she wore that night. In the image, she's wearing an island-themed shirt with a busy print covered in green, black, and white swirls. She's wearing black shorts and white flip-flops and has a large beige purse slung casually over her shoulder. Basically, she looks like just about any teenager on spring break at the beach.
1: That poster of Brittany leaving that motel was up everywhere.
0: This photo and the sea of potential witnesses convinced Richardson that the case was solvable, but it didn't happen quickly. And it didn't happen without false accusations causing irreparable harm to an innocent man and his family. And when investigators did solve the case, it happened because of a tip from an unlikely source. That's after the break. After exams in my senior year of college in North Carolina, I went to Myrtle Beach with my friends to celebrate. I remember feeling carefree and safe in the bustling seaside community that welcomed young people from colleges in the region every May, like clockwork. My first job in television after graduate school landed me back in Myrtle Beach in 1989, at the time. It was still a somewhat sleepy seaside community in the off season, defined by snowbirds, retired people escaping the North who came for the gentler climate and the golf. In the years after I left, the country music theater scene exploded there and so did tourism. But I will always remember it as a place where families and young people alike felt welcomed and safe, not a place where bad things happened. Within days of Brittany Drexel's 2009 disappearance, missing posters showing pictures of her smiling face were passed out on Ocean Boulevard and plastered all over Myrtle Beach. And that image from the surveillance video outside the hotel the night she vanished, that seemed like it was everywhere too. The disappearance quickly became national news and Brittany's mom, Dawn, was interviewed on CNN by Nancy Grace, just a few days after Brittany went missing.
2: With us tonight is a very special guest. Brittany Drexel's mother is with us, Dawn Drexel. It was one of those
0: cases so many parents could relate to. A seemingly innocent trip to a popular beach resort turned into a nightmare.
1: When you have a case that hits the national consciousness like the Drexel case you reach out and ask for help and I'll just promise you when you ask for help you get it and you get a lot of help that you don't want you know you open the floodgates and you get a lot of information and most of it ends up chasing your tail
0: several law enforcement agencies were involved in the investigation including the Myrtle Beach police the local sheriff's offices and even the FBI There were many leads and many dead ends. Jimmy says investigators chased them all, hundreds of them, but none of them panned out. Then in 2016, investigators zeroed in on a young man named Timothy Taylor. A jailhouse informant had told investigators that Brittany was kidnapped, gang-raped, shot, and then thrown into an alligator-infested swamp about 60 miles south of Myrtle Beach. The informant told investigators he saw Taylor sexually abusing Brittany and believed Taylor was involved in her murder. It turned out the informant had lied. But during the investigation, the FBI had publicly disclosed Taylor's name and the details of the accusations. And many media outlets ran stories about it.
2: The years-long fight, against accusations, false accusations, and the media frenzy that ensued us, has traumatized us, affecting every aspect of our lives. It has publicly questioned, without reason, our family, our family's character, and it has shaken us to the core.
0: Timothy's mother, Joan Taylor, spoke for the family earlier this year at a press conference. Timothy was 16 years old when Brittany went missing. Timothy and his family are black.
2: Our family stood by him and consistently spoke out against the false accusations that too often are directed at people who look like us. An age-old story in America. Mm. Today, I stand here surrounded by family and close friends and speak on Timothy's behalf because my son has endured enough Yes.
0: Timothy Taylor was never charged. In the ongoing search for Brittany's killer, investigators still didn't know where to look for Drexel's body.
1: In most murder cases, you have two gold mines for evidence, two places that crime scene looks, where it took place and the body. In Brittany's case, we didn't have any DNA or any physical evidence of where it took place. It wasn't one of these shootings where the bodies left in the house. You can look there. So finding the body was critical to being able to wrap this all up. That is a crime scene.
0: Brittany had disappeared in Horry County and investigators had cell pings that ended in neighboring Georgetown County.
1: Horry County itself is bigger than the state of Rhode Island. That's a huge landmass. Georgetown is a big, long, rectangular county, so it's two huge counties.
0: So how did investigators finally find the body? There was one tip that made a difference. When I spoke to Jimmy in July, they had made a long-awaited arrest in Brittany's murder. But it was early in the case. It was still going through the court system. And as a result, he couldn't give me all the details. So he explained it like this.
1: You think of an octopus with eight tentacles. This is one of those tentacles. Sometimes the police will go down one of these other arms and it'll end nowhere. When we really dug down into this one, it led us to an informant that was able to tell us exactly where the body was. All of the details of it, which I, I really want to be able to talk to you, but I, I like having a law license too, so some of that will have to wait.
0: He couldn't tell us who the informant was, but he could tell us that they pointed investigators to land in Georgetown County. It was land that was supposed to be a new township in the 2000s, but then didn't get developed because of the 2008 financial crisis. The roads were still dirt and trees were growing across them. This is not a location that somebody would have come across by chance, correct?
1: Hell no. I mean, there is no way in this world, and I told the tipster when we got down there, I said I had four or five places in mind, specific locations, but this was not on the list. This wasn't anywhere close. There's absolutely no way that we would have found that body.
0: After the break, finding Brittany's body and a shocking admission. In May 2022, investigators in the Brittany Drexel case were pointed to Georgetown County, South Carolina, a largely rural area between Myrtle Beach and Charleston. When they arrived at the site, they knew they had to be careful to preserve evidence. Digging up a body in a murder case can be a painstakingly slow process.
1: They don't just jump in there with a traco. Takes forever. Almost like anthropologists in there. They were literally scooping away dirt, and then somebody would go in with a much smaller trowel and rake away dirt. I saw the chief of police down in the hole. When you see them out there in South Dakota finding the T-Rex, You know, they don't dig it up in no time flat. They're down there with basically spoons, digging out dirt piece by piece, trying to keep it all together, stopping and photographing. And in our case, we had to use sump pumps because we were below the water table, keep pumping water off out of the hole.
0: Shortly after investigators began digging in the area, the cat was out of the bag. There was no way to keep it quiet.
1: People start to talk, neighbors. It's just hard to keep that secret. So we were up against the clock, and it's not necessarily that anybody was out flapping their lips, but it doesn't take much because especially our local media, you know, are all over it. And we literally found the bones before daybreak, and the next morning they had drones up over our area. So we may have beaten the media by three hours, four hours.
2: yeah starts with breaking
0: news. Good evening to you. It is six o'clock. I'm Eric Weissfeld,
2: And I'm Rachel Bogle. We start off with
0: breaking news tonight. Multiple sources telling us new information is expected to be released soon regarding the case of Brittany Drexel, a teenager who disappeared. In it's brutal-
1: still unclear what exactly will surface regarding this case that's received national attention, but our sources have all told us that new details are imminent.
0: But... There was still more work to do before they felt comfortable revealing details of the case. Even though the tipster told them the skeletal remains belonged to Brittany, they needed to confirm it through dental records and DNA. Thankfully, they were able to get that confirmation quickly. Then, Jimmy had one very important thing to do, to call Brittany's mom, Dawn Drexel, and give her the news. News he knew would be difficult to take but he always felt like this would be better than not knowing.
1: That is much tougher in many ways than death, even to the point that when you call Dawn Drexel and you talk with Dawn, even though you're saying, I have confirmed your worst nightmare, this is Brittany, it's still better than not having that body or any of her personal effects. And I I think that gets glossed over a good bit.
0: I mean, how did Dawn react when you told her?
1: It's a weird thing, but if I had to pick one word, it would be relief, which is incredible when you think, that's my daughter, you know. But you're relieved to have something, to have some answers, to not be in purgatory, knowing and not knowing. Now you know.
0: A few days after Brittany's body was found, authorities held a press conference to announce that her remains had been positively identified. They also announced that 62-year-old Raymond Douglas Moody was charged with murder, kidnapping, and first-degree criminal sexual conduct. Georgetown County Sheriff Carter Weaver said Moody had an extensive criminal history of sex offenses and had spent decades in prison. John spoke at the press conference.
2: This is truly a mother's worst nightmare. I am mourning my beautiful daughter, Brittany, as I have been for 13 years, but today it's bittersweet. We are much closer to the closure and the peace that we have been desperately hoping for.
0: So how did the path to that resolution begin?
1: In April this year, Angel Voss, Moody's girlfriend, spoke to FBI agents and agreed to
0: wear a wire. On May 5th of this year, Moody confessed and pointed authorities to where they would find Drexel's remains. In the end, it was Moody who was the informant Jimmy Richardson couldn't tell me about at first. He was the one who led investigators to the body. Investigators had actually looked at Moody for the crime in 2011. They even searched the motel where he was living, but they found nothing. Fast forward to the spring of 2022. Investigators were able to use improved GPS cell phone technology to pinpoint Brittany's cell phone ping to a specific location and time. The tracking technology showed that her cell phone was moving at a walking speed, but then sped up to 55 miles per hour when she got into a car. There was a one-minute window when one car passed through that specific area on Ocean Boulevard around 9 o'clock in the evening. That car was caught on surveillance video. The car led them to Moody. who was already on their radar. In April 2022, his girlfriend, Angel Voss, agreed to wear a wire for the FBI and talk to Moody about the crime. Ultimately, this led to him confessing. Moody told investigators that Brittany had willingly gotten into the car with him and his girlfriend that night when they invited her to come party with them. They went to a campground in Georgetown County, where Moody says they smoked marijuana. Moody says Voss left. Moody says he wanted to have sex with Brittany, but Brittany resisted. So he raped her, and then he panicked about going back to prison. That's when he told them he strangled her, wrapped her in a blanket, and hid her body in the bushes. According to Moody, Voss returned to the campsite, asked where Brittany was, and he told her that Brittany's friends picked her up. Moody says he later returned in the middle of the night to move the body and bury it in the woods. This story of what happened to Brittany was finally revealed in open court on October 19, 2022, the day Moody pled guilty to kidnapping, rape, and murder. Angel Voss was not charged with a crime. According to WMBF, solicitor Jimmy Richardson indicated he believes Voss had more involvement in the case, but also said, quote, you have to make a deal with the getaway driver to get the armed robber. Brittany's family still disputes Moody's version, saying they don't believe she would have gotten into the car willingly. Moody was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He apologized for what he did during the hearing.
2: I don't have the words to express how horrible I feel. And I've felt ever since that day, very, very sorry Brittany wanted to get married, she loved kids, and wanted to be a mom, a career woman, a wife. But you took that all away from her. What gave you the right to put your hands on my daughter?
0: There are no words that can bring a 17-year-old girl back to her family and friends. As a parent myself, I can't imagine their devastation. I can't imagine how her mother and father get up every single day and put one foot in front of the other and breathe, knowing what happened to their daughter. At least they know now, and that's something. It's the one thing investigators can give to the heartbroken in a cold case. A special thanks to our affiliate WMBF for allowing us to feature their ongoing coverage of Britney's case in this episode. The best way you can support us is by listening and sharing what remains with your friends. Rate and review us in your podcast app. Today's episode was written and hosted by me, Amanda Lamb. It was produced and edited by Rachel McCarthy with final mix by Doug Miller. Zenobia Doughty edits our episode transcripts, which can be found on our website, whatremainspodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to our social accounts, where we share photos of the people from each episode. Our director of podcast operations is Anita Normanly, and our executive producer is Ashley Talley. Thanks for listening.